Blog Talk Radio. everyone, and thank you for joining me on another segment of Let's Talk Strategies with Danette Moss. And joining me today is Street Smarts columnist and senior contributing editor, Norm Browski, a veteran entrepreneur who has founded and grown six businesses. In 2008, Norm sold City Storage, a document archive business based in Brooklyn, New York, for $110 million, along with Bo Burlingham. Norm has chronicled his entrepreneurial journey in his column in Inc. Magazine and in the book Street Smarts, an all-purpose toolkit for entrepreneurs. How are you, Norm? Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the program. I tell you, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, Just going back just from uh, about maybe two months ago, we had you here in Atlanta, and you graced us with your presence and your knowledge and it, it was something that I believe that all entrepreneurs really needed to uh, hear. So I have a lot to thank you for, I tell you that much. Great, thanks. So, Norm, I wanted to talk about something that I believe, in my opinion, that all entrepreneurs really need to understand. In your book, Street Smarts, that toolkit that you provide us, in the beginning you have Norm Broski's Ten Commandments of Business. And as these Ten Commandments are what I feel uh, should be read before anyone goes into business, and quite frankly, some of us are already in a business. So I want to start there. How about that? Well, that's great. The only thing I want to say before that is that, you know, entrepreneurs are not born. Uh, anybody can be an entrepreneur. Um, okay. And it's a really a mindset. And if they follow certain rules, time-tested rules, they can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that most of us make uh, when we don't know what we're doing, when we start a business, or even if we think we know what we're doing. So those tools that I provide in the book are some of the things and some of the pitfalls to uh, uh, not follow through, and some of the things, if you do them, your chances of success are a lot greater. Because, you know, they say nine out of Ten new businesses fail, or four out of five businesses fail. That's not really true. What happens is businesses run out of cash because they don't know how to use their cash properly. So, so there's a lot of things that you can learn either before you start a business or while you're in business that'll give you a better chance to be successful. Wow, I tell you what. Now, it's it's amazing that you mentioned about running out of the, the cash, the cash flow, because one of your Ten Commandments, uh, kind of speak on that. And, and before I get all the way into that, I want to address that one piece that most of us are told that we need, either when we sit before at, uh, the uh, Small Business Association or anyone that's helping us as we begin to move forward in our business, and that's a business plan. In your book, you spoke that, you know, yes, we all do need a business plan, but before we need a bit before we get into drafting up a business plan, we need to understand something that's really important, and that's cash flow. Um, I had never heard it to be spoken to me that way. It's always been get a get a business plan. What do you think you're going to make? What are your projections? Well, you really brought it to life, and you took the fluff off of that. Can you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? Well, first of all. <clears throat> Most people, the first mistake they make is everybody tells them to have a business plan. So what they do is they go online, 
they may buy access to a business plan, or uh, and then they plug in some numbers, and all of a sudden they see they may $300,000 to start their business, and they said, well, I can only uh, 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 raise 150, so I'll change the numbers so it'll come out all right. So the business plan itself, number one, should be done for you, the person starting the business, because then you'll do it legitimately. You know, just because you can raise $150,000, you don't want to go into a business that's going to fail. So you want to know what the true numbers are. And the only way to do that is understanding what the cash flow is. Because if you run out of cash, you're out of business. And I've seen a lot of good ideas that could have been successful uh, uh, started by people that ran out of cash. And if they would have taken a different approach and done their cash flow and done their business plan for themselves, not for the investors, they would have seen that they would have run out of cash. So the business plan, even though it's important, and you need it to go to investors, it first has to be done by you. And the most important part about that is the cash flow. You have to have an honest cash flow because if you juggle with the numbers to fit what you think you can raise, you're going to fail, and that's the one thing you don't want to do. So then, Norm, with uh, commandment, Ten Commandment number one of business, numbers run a business. If you don't know how to read them, you're flying blind. What do you mean by knowing and understanding how to read them? Well, a lot of people a lot of people don't understand that numbers actually run the business. And and uh a lot of people that I've met with over the years don't even understand what gross margins are. They don't understand um the things that they can do. So before you can um really run a business, you should take a simple uh you can read online, you can take a simple accounting course. You have to know the basics of the numbers, because numbers run your business. In other words, let's say you're selling an item for $50, and uh, it costs you $25 to uh, buy that item before you sell it. So you have gross margins of 50%. Um, all of a sudden, if it's a commodity business and you're buying the item for $50, and it, uh, I mean, if you're selling it for $50, and it costs you $45 to buy, you only have $5 left over to run your entire business and it, it, it's not going to work. So the first thing you have to do is you have to understand the numbers, and gross margins are very important in those numbers. And most people, small business people, don't adhere to that. They never taught that. They didn't learn that. They figure they're going to open a store, or they're going to open a service, and everybody's going to come, and they're going to do fine. Yet they don't know what they need to break even, that is, and they don't know how much cash they need to get to that point. You know, the important part of a business is getting to critical mass. And I define critical mass as living off your own cash flow because there's only so much money you can borrow. And in today's environment, it's hard to borrow money from banks. So the first thing you're going to usually do is you're going to go to friends and relatives. I call it Rolodex financing. And that's <laughs> precious money. You know, it's very hard to get. And when, if you lose it, you know, you have a lot of angry relatives and a lot of angry friends. So you should make every effort to know what you're doing and how far is that money going to get you. And if you look at the numbers in the beginning and it's not going to work, you have to change the way you're going to do things. Well, one of your second commandment, it's amazing that you said that it was, cash is hard to get and easy to spend, so make it before you spend it. So, yes, you will have a lot of uh, relatives and angry friends if you truly, if you don't understand that. 
But that growth margin thing, most of us truly have not been taught that, so I'm so excited and glad that you explained that. Now, what about sales? Here we are. I'm in a situation, Norm. I, I'm a service-driven business. And, of course, um, I, I'm, I'm coming up with products in my service industry. But for someone like me that's in business and we're dealing with uh, providing services, uh, what's the best solution or the best way for someone to set that up, especially going in? Most of us that are small business owners, we go in with no money. Uh, is that truly not a smart move? Or how would you, what would you tell us? On no, that? no, no, no. Well, a lot of people bootstrap their businesses, start with very little money. Um, but but there's a lot of things you can do um, uh, to save money before you even go into business. The first thing is I call it market research. Uh, people are afraid of that expression because they're afraid they're going to have to go to a firm, they're going to have to go to somebody. But really, you can do that almost for nothing in a number of ways. The first thing is that every time I sell a new service or product, and I don't, I'm not sure I can sell it or I'm not sure um, that it's saleable for the price I want to sell it, I go to potential customers. And, you know, if you listen to your potential customers, they're going to basically tell you a lot of things. Number one, they're going to tell you if that's a good idea or not. Number two, they're going to tell you if they would possibly buy it or not. And number three, they're going to let you know if your price is around what they would pay. So you can do a lot of market research. The other thing that I find uh, to do market research, most industries have an association, a national association. So you can go to those associations and get lots of information. And they usually hold meetings once a year, national meetings or local meetings. And I would go to those meetings. And the third thing, and, and, and that is, you don't understand that most people are going to help you. So if you can find somebody in the, this type of business, not in your area, and sit down and meet with them, they're going to give you a lot of uh, useful information. So by doing this market research, free market research, you can um, understand what your business is, what you can sell things for, before you actually spend a nickel going into business. And I think it's important to understand that. Most people, what they do, they start a business, they have no idea what the customer needs are. They, they can only guess at what the pricing is. They don't even know if somebody's going to use their goods or services. So they waste a lot of money, and possibly um, they don't end up with a good business or business at all. So if you do those things before you even start the business, your chances of success are better. And what you're doing with knowing the numbers, with doing this market research, is you're improving your chances of having a successful business. Wow. I mean, that's amazing that, you know, uh, most of us really truly don't leverage that and understand that market research is free. But it, it does take time, and you do have to invest that time and do your research and, and identify, uh, number seven here, one of your other uh, Ten Commandments, identify your true competitors and, of course, treat them with respect. When you're out there and you're doing your research and you see your competitors, you can they will tell you. You can see it even if they don't tell you verbally out of their mouth. You can just watch how they do things in some cases and see how uh, – you know, the business is going and, and and do that research to get your pricing and all of that. Um, I think that most of us feel as though we need to adjust our price to yeah, fit. Well, you know, that, that's, well, that's an interesting statement, um, uh, Danette. And what, what happens is that people think that everybody who's selling the same service or the same product, the similar products, are their competitors. And that isn't necessarily true. 
Um, and, and a lot of examples of that are if you're giving a personal service and somebody's selling it for $25 an hour, uh, that may not be your competitor um, uh, you, because you may give a different type of service, even though it's a similar type of service. You may give extra things within that service. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was in the uh, shredding business, and, and, uh, and there was lots of people in the shredding business, and I broke down the shredding business to different classes. One was the mom and pops, whereby this uh, father and son would buy a shredding truck and they'd go out and they'd sell this, uh, uh, their services for, let's say, uh, six or seven cents a pound. Now, I was selling my service for 15 cents a pound. So how did I exist in that world? Because I didn't consider those mom and pops my competitor. When I went in and sold and they said, well, we have uh, Johnny and his son who's going to do this for us. I said, well, they're a very nice company, but they don't compete with us. Number one, let us tell you that if one truck breaks down, we have six others. You need that capacity. You're bigger than what they can handle. In addition with, let us tell you about our safety programs and our inspections that we do. So we set ourselves apart from the mom and pops, and we didn't compete with them. And a lot of people have the necessity to say, oh, my God, I'm charging um, uh, 10, 11 cents, and they're charging 6 cents. I better go down to 6 cents and when they're not really a true competitor. So you have to understand who your competitors are to start with. The second thing with competitors are don't ever disrespect your competitors. You know, let's say they're not really good. So a lot of people ask me, well, what's the, you know, what do you think about uh, Company A? Now, if Company A is good, what I'll normally say is Company A is great. And if you select either us or Company A, you won't be uh, dissatisfied. But let, let me tell you what we do better than anybody else. So you've taken company A, you've given them a good recommendation, but you're saying, I do things differently in, in certain ways. Then they ask me, if it's company B, and I really think they have a really bad reputation, I don't disrespect them either. I would say, well, I would ask some of their customers. I'm not sure I know too much about them. So I never disrespect my competitors. I think that's just a wonderful way to uh, move forward in anything that you do, um, staying positive and not putting, because you never know. You may have to cross that person, you know, that path again, and you never want to have that reputation as one that uh, says things that are not necessary, you know, necessary exactly. to say. Exactly. Reputation is one of the most important things that you build up. And once you lose your reputation, it's almost impossible to get it back. And so the statement you made about reputation, I agree with wholeheartedly. So, Norm, number nine in the um, on your Ten Commandments, culture drives a company. In the long run, the boss's most important job is to define and enforce it. Could you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? Well, so you have to understand my philosophy. My philosophy is the most important asset that you have in the company is not your customers. It's your employees. So if you buy into that, because your employees, you, if you have a company that has more than three or four employees, or even if you have two or three employees, uh, you can't do all the work. You don't interact with everybody. So it's your employees who really are in the face of your customer more than you are, even if you're a salesperson and see your customers from time to time. It's your employees who treat your customers. So can you imagine if you're uh, uh, not nice to your employees or you don't handle your employees 
well what they say about you to your customers. So, so the most important part of and the most important asset you have is your employees. So if you feel that, what do you want to do? You want your employees to be happy to come to work. You want your employees to think well of the company, etc. So in order to do that, you have to create a, a culture that they like, an environment that they want to be in. So the most important part of the CEO or the person in charge or the person who started the business is to create that culture and keep that culture growing. Now, when I ran my um, archival retrieval and records management business, the top five people stayed with me for almost 25 years, and the next wow. 16 were with me for 18 years. Now, how did that happen? It happened because we created a culture where they wanted to go to work, where they loved to be there. They didn't want to go anywhere else. And it, it isn't always about money. It's about being part of something. So if you can create that environment, and you can create happy employees, uh, they're going to want to keep that customer as much as you do. So that's why I say the most important part of the CEO's job or the person in charge's job is to create a culture that people want to come to work with, they want to stay where they are, and if they're happy, they're going to keep to the best of their abilities your customers have. Wow. Well, Norm, we have some callers here in the queue, and I'd like to open it up to see if our callers have any questions for you. Sure. Okay, callers, if you have any questions for Norm, uh, feel free to uh, ask away. Raise your hand if um, in the queue there. Press 1 and let us know that you you want to get in and uh, ask Norm a question. And if we have anyone over in the chat room, please feel free to uh, let us know. Uh, that you have something for Norm to answer. I see one here in the chat room. It says, uh, would you ask about writing as an enterprise? So we have Patricia Adams. She's uh, She wants to know, Norm, if you could uh, answer the question here. Uh, how could you write about enterprise? I'm not sure I completely understand the question. She, does she want to be a writer? She is a writer from what I'm understanding here. It says, Yes, please, would you ask about writing as an enterprise? Well, as a business, sure. Uh, I think that um, uh, most people um, learn what they learn from from stories that they read. So I, I think uh, that you can create a company uh, around writings. You have to uh, create, in today's environment, uh, you have to create, you have to have a following. So it's important for you to build up a following. And how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. One, not only your writings, but have connections with other people who write uh, about what you believe in and pass those on to your followers. So if I was creating an enterprise or a company around writing, there's two things I would need. I'd need following and I'd need uh, materials. And I get the materials from my own writing and I'd get it from other people who believed in the same ideals I did. And if you can do that, you can create an enterprise around your own writings. Well, she did. She did have um, as a as a writer of books. So I think you've uh, answered your question. If he didn't, uh, Miss Adams, please make sure that you uh, take write us a note there and let us know. Well, I've got some. Uh, we got a little. We've got a lot of people loaded in here, but. Uh, they're not asking away, and I'm uh, really, really encouraging you guys to ask away. We have Norm Broski here who could really help you to uh, take whatever uh, 
question you have in business to the next level. The one thing I want to say, Danette, for those people who are listening that are on the on the cusp of, of, of starting a business or people who are in business and having a little difficult time, um, the thing is that the one thing that I tell everybody, the most important thing is never, 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 never quit. And, and that's a hard thing to say because it gets very difficult at times. You're short money. You're short people. Um, there's problems every day when you're in business. And, and the, the most important factor is that you have to keep your head up. And most entrepreneurs do that. And the other thing I want to say, if you fail as an entrepreneur the first time, <clears throat> don't get discouraged um, because some of my uh, this, this biggest successes have come after failures, and I've had some pretty colossal failures. So just because you failed once doesn't mean that you can't get it done, uh, especially if you um, learn from your failures. Sit down, look back, see what you did wrong, not what everybody else did wrong, but you did wrong, and learn from your mistakes. Um, there's, there's, there's a problem with most entrepreneurs. Most of us are smart people, and that's a detriment um, because smart people have to learn from their own mistakes whereby wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So if I have one tip to pass along, try to learn from other people and learn from their mistakes. Of course, learn from your own mistakes. And there's lots of things you can learn around you, um, you know, lots of lessons uh, that, 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 that people, you look at people and you find things that are good what they do and bad what they do, and you can follow those good things and emulate those, and you can see the bad things they did and don't do those. Well, I tell you that that's just a, a a wonderful lesson to just listen to. So you don't have to learn the lesson in a negative way because there's so much that we do have uh, that we can go and get from people. And, and and to think to hear it that way, smart people have to learn sometimes the hard way. Now, yeah. Norm, what's your thought pattern on shortcuts? Uh, you have one of those commandments, the sixth commandment: forget about shortcuts. Okay. Run business well, <laughs> forever. Yeah, so uh, so if you when you're building your business, whether you want to sell it, whether it's a lifestyle business, uh, whether you're only going to be in business for ten years, you should always build your build your business like it's going to last forever. So if you do something and you build a solid foundation when you're building a house or a solid foundation when you're building a business, you don't take shortcuts. And I'll give you an example of shortcuts. Uh, you're in business and. Uh, your uh, competitor's best salesperson comes to you. Now, I would never hire that person. Why? I'm looking for a shortcut. Here it is, somebody coming for me in my industry. They have contacts. They know all the other people's customers. You're taking a shortcut. Instead, build up your own business. Build up your own sales force. Train your own people. So don't look for shortcuts because when you look for shortcuts, you're looking for solutions that are going to hurt you in the end. Because the same people, the salespeople, will probably leave you and try to take your customers. So you have to build this business as if it's going to last forever. And and I also, the other thing is, I think a business is its own entity. It's a living, breathing thing. So if you're raising a child who's also a living, breathing, breathing thing, you take special care of it. And that's the way you should take care of your business. So if you believe in that philosophy that you're going to be in business forever and that this is a living, breathing thing, you're going to treat it differently. And that's how you should treat your business. 
Okay, well, Norm, we have two callers in the queue here that look like they have questions, and we're actually down to our last six minutes. So, uh, callers, I'm going to open the queue and um, ask you to keep them down to at least a minute so that we can uh, let Norm uh, tell you guys how to find her. So, caller, go ahead and um, ask your question of Norm. Hello? Hello? You can go ahead and ask Norm your question. Hi. Um, if, if I'm on... Um Basically, my question is, I'm the one who asked about the writing as an enterprise. Um, I am an author and I'm published, but I recently lost my momentum due to the medical crisis. And i um, really finding it quite difficult. I'm not looking for shortcuts, so I thank you for everything that you said so far. But a way to jumpstart my momentum, basically, uh, and maintain it. Um, and everything that you said has been really, really great, so I'm glad that I came on your sh- uh, to your show area, uh, Jeanette. So thank you so much for having your mind. But basically, it's about momentum um, because it's, it's difficult to start, and then once you lose it, it's difficult to restart. So any insight for me on that, please? Did I, can you repeat that question? I only heard part of it. Okay, about momentum. I, I am the individual who asked the question about writing as an enterprise. Yeah because I am an author, and so I do have my books out and everything, but I had gained momentum, I had gained following, and I was partnering and collaborating with other people, but at the same time, because I had a crisis that occurred, and I lost that momentum. And so now I'm in the process of trying to regain that momentum, but it's it's been like a two-year period of me recovering from everything that happened. And overall, it's just, being strategic, I want to be very strategic and not waste my time on things that are, are not of value. Um, so I just kind of want to keep that focus. And if there's any insight that you can give me about regaining momentum um, and, you know, okay. finding ways to keep it. All right, so here's what happens. <laughs> That's a really interesting question about momentum. So a lot of times when you have momentum, lots of things happen around you and you, and you continue that momentum. You've lost it and you want to start over again. So there's two things that I look at. The first thing is I go when I lose momentum, and it's happened to me before, I look back at how um, I, I, I started and what I did right. In other words, that, that sometimes we get away from our bread and butter things because we see other things out there and we leap at those other things. So the first thing I would do is do an introspection on what got me to start the momentum. And is it possible for me to start that over again? So so that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, everything we try doesn't necessarily work. So we have limited, there's two things we have limited. We have limited resources, money being one of them, and we have limited time. So we have to sit down. You have to put down on pencil and paper all your ideas and all your structure. And then you should go after the ones that have worked before and some of the new ones. But don't waste your time if something's not working and continuing. Done. Plus, um, look at what got you there. And that's what I would do. Thank you. Thank you. Great answer. Thank you. Well, now, Norm, we have someone else here in the chat room, and uh, all of our listeners, I do want to let you guys know that we are down to the last two minutes. So if you're in the queue, odds are you may be knocked out of the queue, but this call is being recorded, 
and you can go back to the archive, and Norm will answer your questions. You will have all your questions answered in the call, so I did want to mention that. But we have someone here in the chat room um, that says, if you have made mistakes in the past with your business, can you pick up the pieces and rebuild your company and reputation? Um, that's a really interesting question. So the answer to that is yes. I mean, I've uh, the first company I built, I built from zero to $120 million in eight years and took that company over the next eight months from $120 million to zero, and I made lots of mistakes. So the first thing in making a mistake, you have to admit that you made a mistake. Not everybody around you made a mistake. And how did you make that mistake? Uh, in my particular case, the stock market had crashed in 1987. Most of my companies were related to that. Uh, the fax machine had come in. I was in the delivery business. But that's not what caused the mistake. It was me by over-leveraging my company. So number one, admit you made a mistake. Number two, find out why you made that mistake. So most people, I call it the groundhog syndrome, uh, they repeat the same mistakes over and over again if they don't admit they made a mistake. So you can do that. As far as reputation, that's a little harder to do. And and, and how you do that is you do that slowly. Uh, you go back to the people that you've hurt, the customers, uh, the money people, and you explain to them the mistakes you make. You, you own the responsibility. And you try to re, not relive it but start over again. Most people in, in, in this country give you a second chance. So the chances of you rebuilding your reputation and your business are pretty good. Well, Norm, I really appreciate you for answering that. Now, caller um, of the 678 area code, it looks like we're not going to get be able to uh, let you in the queue to ask your question. But if you would, uh, please email me at danettadanettemoth.com, and I'll make sure that I get the answer to your question from Norm. So, Norm, I am so excited that you decided to stop by and join us here on Let's Talk Strategies with Danette Moss and share with us your insights. And um, I appreciate the no-fluff mentality, Norm. It is so well, needed for entrepreneurs. Thank you very much for the opportunity to do this. And, and uh, I love people who give a service to the people where they can learn something, um, you know, and like this is, this is free market research. <laughs> and they can go on and start their businesses. Uh, just one last thing. Uh, mm-hmm. During tough times like this is the best time to start a business. So if you're thinking of starting that business, just dive right in and follow those uh, easy 10 steps that I write in my book that will help you uh, become uh, have a better chance of success in your business. Well, Norm, I'd like to tell our listeners where they get to uh, stay in touch with you. And um, if, if you would you like for me to share, or would you like to tell them how they well, get? Well, uh, they, they can they can follow me on Twitter at Norm Brodsky. I also write a monthly column uh, in Ink Magazine that you can get it online at ink.com. Um, so uh, uh, you can follow what I do, what I say, and you can look at the 150 articles or so I've written over the past. Um, 15 years at ink.com. So okay, if you wanna... I'm sorry, Norm, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I'm saying if you want to, and if you want to just stay in touch and follow me, just at Norm Brown. Well, I tell you, they can also uh, check that book out of yours. I, I do have it available over on Let's Talk Strategies under my uh, uh, books that I recommend, and that's Norm's book. His book is actually was called originally The Knack. 
uh, but you guys renamed it. Could you share that name of that book? We want them to go out and get it. It's called Street it. Smarts. Street Smarts. And, you, and I guess you go to your website and purchase that book? Yes, I can. It's available oh, on Let's Talk Strategies. And I'm excited about being able to uh, have it over there. This is a must-have book for all entrepreneurs. So I'm truly encouraging you guys to go out there and check it out. Now, my name is Danette Moss. I am your host here of Let's Talk Strategies, and I can be found here every Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. And we are uh, here to give you uh, the tools for success. Uh, I have uh, several people on uh, week to week that uh, allows us to actually move forward and, and take our business uh, to the next level. So we are excited and happy that you guys have decided to join us here on Let's Talk Strategies, and we are looking forward to uh, having you on our next show. Um, I can also be found over at DanetteMoss.com. And, again, that website is Let's TalkStrategies.com, DanetteMoss.com, and my contact number is 404-482-2546. And, Norm, thanks again for taking the time out uh, of your uh, your day and uh, time away from your uh, your family time skiing and enjoying yourself, and we really do appreciate you for that. All right, have a good one. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye.